friends, the good people of Payne County, Oklahoma, you have tuned in to another episode of Pastors of Payne, your weekly podcast and radio show from me, Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier, and Father Kerry Wakulich, pastor of St. John Catholic Mm. Student Mm. Center. And here we are, uh, school, where are we with school? It's... Thanksgiving break approaching. Yeah, you know. When's the last day of school for OSU? Graduation is the 11th. Oh, December 11th? December 11th is graduation. Saturday, December 11th. Isn't that the feast of St. Juan Diego? I don't know about that. But Friday the 10th is, uh, I mean, uh, students are, it's getting really close to the end of the school year. Are your students okay? Or are they? Uh, I think it was... For many students who didn't get to participate in homecoming last year, homecoming was awesome this year. Yeah, they it was they wore out their fingers, you know, pumping and welding and doing all that stuff. And you can still see sort of the remnants of homecoming still blowing around town or or sitting on tracks, uh, big metal drilling rig pipes and stuff. But they, I think, students are ready to be done with the semester. And so they get this long break for Thanksgiving, and then they come back from Thanksgiving, and it's right in. It's the A word. It's Advent. It's almost well, yeah. It's Advent. Yeah. Yeah. So Advent the, slash finals. So it's Advent slash finals, and then we only get like, I think we get to the second Sunday in Advent, and that's it. And the students go home. Like I gave away our nativity set. You know why? You hate Christmas. I don't. I hate his Christmas oh. as much as you went on that rant last week. You don't like the wise on. men? No, we just didn't. We never used it. This is really nice. You don't like too. donkeys and camels? Um, three kings? You don't like myrrh? <laughs> I do like frankincense. And but not, gold. But goggle. Bling. Simplicity of life. But myrrh. <laughs> not ready for the myrrh. do a whole show on what, what is myrrh. Just a whole show? Yeah. I think we could do 29 you, and a half you minutes. You promised me a... On myrrh. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that when we do Leo the Great. Myr. M Y um H H R M Y H R Myr something like that. Is there a niner in there? M Y R R H Myr. Like purr, but myr. Anyway, we're coming to the end, but I also. Uh, oh, that's hilarious! So we're not. We don't. I mean, we don't have um, anything really. When we come back, we have a you know a okay, hunting. Good. And your building will be done by Christmas. I that's hope awesome. so. It'll I heard, be. D- I heard that. So when we get we, uh, December tenth, it's a one year before the building's done. Come on. Last week. Last week. Come they were, on. They're pouring walls. I'm gonna push back on on all your predictions. Aye, bro. I'm not predicting nothing. I hope, I hope, I hope it, that it takes that long. I have just been told by our awesome construction crew at Manhattan that that is when substantial completion is will be is the second week in December. Wow! And then we have a, a basically a month to get it ready for the dedication. Wow! Which is the second slash third week in January. Hey, I'm That's no exciting. I am no prophet. I can only the prophet s- is not accepted in his native place. Oof. East Tulsa. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we are going to we are going we do I would do we do want to talk about the prophets. Oh yeah, they're um, important. Not not the capitalism prophets with an F. We want to talk about the prophets with a PH. Oh, the fat prophets. Like fat. <laughs> uh, 
But when when Father Father Carey's first assignment as a priest was his home parish. Yeah, that was which fun. like never happens. But it had totally changed. Like I know. I mean, the was, dynamics. When I was a changed, kid, it was like a big, uh, kind of white, blue collar parish, working class. Yeah. Yeah, and then when I came back after. Wow, and then it just started slowly going down with like the growth of St. Benedict's and St. Anne's and people moving south. And then as people moved south, lots of immigrants started moving in. So when I, I mean, like when I was in high school, there was one Mexican restaurant in East Tulsa and about four or five Vietnamese. And now there's like forty. Yeah, and the greatest pho shop ever in history, pho ni. Mm. Okay. So anyway, back at chicken back, pho. Someone needs to bring this guy some pho. Anyone? No, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going Uber to eats. I'm going to Uber <laughs> eats from Tulsa. <laughs> how, much, how much would that be? Ninety six dollars. Go bowl. to Tulsa more. Uh, but we do have a pho shop here, in Miso. We do. Uh, that, I, we do. I, we're, I'm down. I'm here. Are we doing advertisement I'm here for them? For it. I mean, they should probably. This episode of Pastors of Page brought to you by Miso Ramen House. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, you're welcome. Anyway, Calvin. so I moved to, uh, so when I finished up seminary. I just love that. You went, yeah. I got assigned your, at my home The only parish. one other one I know of in Tulsa was uh, Father Matt Gerlach when he was, it wasn't his first assignment, but he was at St. Pius, which is his. Oh, it was very short lived too. His home yeah. parish. But, anyway. Okay. So we, you know, we're coming up on Advent. Oh, no, no, no sorry. The point what? was what? my first assignment the first gospel I had to preach on was, was that was I didn't oh. I, oh you didn't know that I feel like I, I've, I you, maybe you've told me that before I thought that's where you were going with that conversation no. like because I I get there and the gospel is Jesus is not welcome in his own I'm just place. so grateful like whenever I go home uh, to Houston and like you know I usually go and like you know celebrate mass at my home parish I'm so glad I'm like not assigned there because everyone's like. You, I remember when you were in fourth grade, oh, and you're just like, okay, yeah. this is not, this is not helping the cause. <laughs> I mean, being in fourth grade was cool, but like, you want people, you know, as a priest, like, you need people to like see you as a priest, you know. And I changed your diapers, and all, right? And if all they can think about is like, you know, changing your diapers, yeah, or you know, something you did in high school, it's like, okay, we gotta. Um, okay, we're coming up on Advent. Um, a very, a very wonderful time of year. A time that we ought not rush through. <laughs> oh my, he's back at it's it. It's a wonderful, it's just a great time of year. And the, especially, I really just want to emphasize the readings during Advent. Oh yes. They're gonna, they can help you. They can, they can speak to your heart. Speaking about the coming of the Lord. And in most of the cases, I mean, I don't know if it's all of... All of Advent, I have to look at the readings, but you're going to get a lot of Isaiah. Yeah. A lot of Old Testament prophets. A lot of, so, so you'll come to mass and the, the first lector will get up the reader and they will say a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And you're like, who? Here, O Israel, you know, all right. So what, so let's, so I think we should talk about the prophets. What, who are they? What are they? Why should we care? Why are you staring at me? You're the only. You're you're the only. I'm the only. You're the only other person on this show. You asked a question and then you looked right at me. Who? Uh, okay. Okay. So yeah. The, the, give us a little. Give us the lowdown. Mother Mother Timothea, uh, on uh, one occasion when I was uh, in my prophets class, said something really easy. She goes, "Okay, um, well, gentlemen, there. She's you know 
super intelligent, so it sounded a lot better than this. There are two groups of prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. And someone asked, like, how do we remember the difference between them? And she said, uh, they have a book. Each of them has a book. And the major prophets, ones, we're going to read some of them, and they are large. Like, Isaiah has 66 chapters. And Hosea is a minor prophet. And it has a really, really thin, uh, thin book. Or like Amos the prophet, you know, those uh, Zephaniah, you know, some of these are like major prophets because like Jeremiah, and Isaiah, ha, yeah, you know, Zephaniah. Daniel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel is a, is a, is a large text. Major prophet. Is a major prophet. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. And these are big figures. Major prophets. You know, they're, they're talking about, you know, if you ever get the uh, Great Bible Adventure sort of like fold-out card, oh. it has the 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 agent, like different prophets, where they are and how they overlap each other. Because some of them are talking during times of exile or preparation for exile or return from exile. Uh, like like Ezra and Nehemiah, you know, they're they're talking about like that return for those, you know, they're, they're, they're what does prophet prophets. mean? What is that? Let's let's like break it down. So a, a prophet is one who basically we would say who like speaks for God. Right. Speaks on behalf of God. So uh, I, lo- I love the prophets. I didn't really like them when I first started studying them. Because they weren't so hot about you they, either. They, they, I was like, these are kind of boring. And, and the only reason is I, I didn't know the context of them. So, when, you know, when, um, when, the, when Isaiah is um, talking, it says, you know, in the time of uh, King Ahaz. And he, he begins, he's like sets the stage for the historical event uh, of, of like that, that, that the king was a leper. And that didn't mean anything to me. It's like, well, who cares if the king's a leper? You know, so the, the, but it was really important because it says, like, if the king has leprosy, then that is the state of the entire people of the nation, that they're all lepers. They're all separated from God physically and by this illness. So, so those intros of the prophets are so rich because they're setting the scene. They're also telling you, like, let me give you the lowdown on what's going on here. And then, you know, like I, um, the, the call of Isaiah where he says, oh, you know, uh, answer me, answer me, answer me. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll go and I'll, and I'll go and speak. And then that his lips are burned by the, the hot coal of the cherub. And I never I mean, there's things I just didn't get um, because the prophets were just seemed to be sort of like this. They're talking about something foreign. And I didn't get it. Yeah, so I think, and I think that's one of the big. I think a lot. Some people can be turned off by the prophets because there's a there's a lot. They have to be placed in their proper historical context, yeah. right? I think if you read the Gospels, there's a they're they're kind of easy, right? Jesus said this to these people, and and you get it. You kind of generally people know when Jesus lived, where he lived. But the prophets is like, okay, when is this happening and why? What is the, right. you know, what's the political situation exactly. that they're kind of trying to speak into? So it does require like another level of of kind of study yeah. and understanding, I, which I, I think is why people aren't as, don't get as excited about the prophets as they do about 
Paul's letters or about the Gospels? You have to, the, the prophets are so important because Jesus is then quoting the prophets. You know, like uh, a lot, he, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like in the gospel of Luke, what does he do? He stands up in the synagogue and he unrolls the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and then does what? He begins to then read from it. The spirit of, of the, the Lord, Lord is, is upon me. And then, and then he goes down the list of all the things that, that Isaiah said the Messiah would do. And so when you read that, when you go and read Isaiah the prophet, you're like, wow, this is what the, what, what the Messiah was going to do. <gasps> and then, well, you better put up or shut up <laughs> at that moment. You, exactly. better, you better say like, and he says what? This scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. But if you don't get this context of Isaiah, then it, do, it doesn't mean anything. Because what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I am the one that Isaiah the prophet prophesied about to, because the, you know, the prophet is, what, what do they do? They talk about something going on in their present moment, and they're also pointing to the future. They're pointing to the future to say, this too will happen. And so when Jesus unrolls the scroll and details that and lays it out, he says, you know, what you've heard is fulfilled in your hearing and all the eyes in the synagogue look attentively at him. Uh, and then he goes through like, you know, um, Elijah. And he says, you know, there was, there was all these years of no rain and it was only to the woman in Zarephath that Elijah went. Oh, yeah. Or, and then, and they, and, and, that was the reading a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And yeah. then it follows up with, they became very angry and they drove him outside of the town to kill him. Yeah. So prophets, I mean, I think that there was a, if you were a prophet, there was a there was a danger. Um, so think I mean think about it today. You know, you, when you have when the when the pope or some religious leader or even sometimes you know, like a political leader can kind of be, be prophetic. You're speaking something generally that's going to make people uncomfortable. Right. So we're going to war. You know, and you and everyone's all hyped up about it, and somebody comes along and says. Well, John Paul II did we that. Should not, we should not do this, guys. Um, you know, and you end up, oh, he, he's unpatriotic or he, you know. But so there's a, there's a great risk to being prophetic. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a charism. Um, so, I mean, what St. Paul talks about, you know, the, the different kind of charisms in Some the church. Some are apostles, Some are teachers, teachers. Pro- prophets is yeah, in there, exactly. right? So it's a, it's a gift from God that certain people get and certain people don't. Uh, but it's a, it's not a profession. I think a lot of people aspire to. No, I, my, one of my favorite prophets is Amos. Oh Because yeah. Amos, when they, when he shows up and he begins prophesying, they're like, they say, oh, go prophesy someplace else and yeah. make your money doing, doing that. We do that all the time though to people. Hey, take it elsewhere, man. I don't want to hear it. Exactly. I don't need your, I, 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 love, I don't need your negativity, man. I love Amos because in that scene is what? is Amos saying there are people who are false prophets who make their living off of prophesying because they say to Amos, hey, dude, go someplace else and prophesy there. Make your money someplace else. Quit bothering us. And then Amos responds with, yo, dude, I am a shepherd. 
a dresser of sycamore trees, and a fighter of lions. I didn't come here to make money. Yeah. I was sent by God. Or like Hosea. I mean, Hosea is asked to marry a prostitute. Oh. Yeah. I think it's the the prostitute he marries. Her name is Gomer. And then he's supposed to have three children, which names are like... Um, you you are know not, a lot about the prophets. I love the prophets. Wow. Because, I, you know what? Um, this, <laughs> you don't know what I was about to say. I don't. Uh, one, one year during... Um, while you were celebrating, you were the priest, you were the associated Christ the King. And I took, you had the Christmas Eve mass at Christ the King when Tom was there. Yeah. Father Tom. Yeah. And I did a one, uh, like a, you know, one day little retreat at the Christ the King chapel. I think it was the chapel, was it there? Were you there? Chapel was there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was built when you were there, wasn't uh-huh. it? And, I'm trying, trying to get all these dates and stuff lined up. And I did an all-day study of the prophets. Oh. Of all the – and I did all of the readings and did like little holy hours meditating on each of the prophets from the readings for Mass. And it like opened up my eyes uh, to what – like what are the prophets – like, you know, the um, studying uh, the Gospel of Mark, like the hemorrhaging woman – I, I mean, I just had this thought one day. I was sitting there. I was like, why is it she touches the hem of his garment? Like, why, why doesn't she yeah, touch? I've never thought she, about it. Why does she touch his, like, earlobe or yeah, his elbow or, or his back? Give him a hug. Or just walk by and, like. I would like, touch his hands or his head. Like, why, why, did, she, why did she touch him and, and, like, touch his. But why did she touch the hem of his garment? And, Tell and, us. Oh, well, I, you're going to have to go look it up yourselves, people. Come on. Okay, you wind it I'm enough. at a radio station. Well, I wish people would listen to you as, as uh, about Advent as well as I listen to you about this. Okay. Whoa. Easy. Do you want to fight? Come on. Are we in a fight? Uh, <laughs> father, father, <laughs> fighting. <laughs> I don't like it when they fight in front of us. <laughs> Some college students said that one time. We were arguing, and they're like, father, father, fighting. <laughs> No, so the woman, this is why it's so important to know the Old Testament. The woman knows the prophecy from Malachi. So Malachi the prophet has this line that says, when the Messiah arrives, saving power will come from his wings. And what were the wings in Judaism for a rabbi? They were the prayer shawl because they had these, these like, there's little tied knot strings wow. hanging down. Yeah, yeah. And so um, what what did she go up to do? She knew the prophecy that Jesus, she, she sees this guy and she's like, this guy's the Messiah. This is the one that Malachi has told us about. And Malachi so, chapter four, but unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Yeah. And so she goes Malachi up. Malachi 4.2. Wow. And she sneaks up because she has to get, as the song goes, low, low, low. She gets down really low. And what does she do? She touches the hem of his garment, both one, hiding because she's hemorrhaging. Two, I think, you know, the beautiful humility that is there. That, And three, she sneaks in. And Jesus says, Power has come from me. Who has touched me? And they say, all these people have touched you. But none of them knew Malachi chapter four. Or yeah. Malachi chapter what? Six? Yeah. 
Four? Four. Four. Malachi chapter four, verse two. Yeah, he goes up. She goes up there wow. and she touches the wings of the rabbi and saving power comes from him and she is healed. And then he says, like, your faith has saved you. And so knowing all of these prophets and the stories is so important. I mean, you could go through the gospels and just find all the lines from all the prophets and then rewind and go and, and read them and like, just go and read that. Or you can do father Mike Schmidt's like Bible in a year yep. and go through the prophets and just listen to them. That, that would be really good. You can go and I would also, I would say, you know, if you have a, a Bible, ch- chances are your Bible has like footnotes uh-huh. down below. So, you know, you're reading, you're reading, you know, you're reading that. Like, I think it's Matthew chapter nine, I think is the. Mark, the, the Mark chapter the nine, six, oh, okay. eight, six, right. seven, something. Five, three, oh, nine. Um, so you, you, you know, you see like a little number next to a, a biblical passage where you go down mm-hmm. to the footnote and chances are it's going to show you. Old te- like Old Testament references. Well, oh, yeah. go. I mean, take some time and go and read what this scripture passage is referring to, and and you're going to see a lot of. You're going to see Isaiah. You're going to see Ezekiel. You know, and on that one, my guess yeah. is if you, I don't have my Bible with me, but if you're, if you look at that one, it's going to have a little footnote, and it's going to say Malachi chapter four verse two. Yeah. And then you go back and read it. Anyway, when you and, you, and just kind of flipping back and forth, back and forth, old and new, old and new you're going to see how it really all comes together in a really wonderful way. Yeah. There's so to know really, so I think to know really to know Christ, um, one has to know the prophets. I mean, if you have a good, not working knowledge of the prophets, you're going to understand who Jesus is better than if you didn't. Right. I, I agree. You know, even reading like as, um, Advent and Lent show up to reading of, of like who is Elijah and who is John the Baptist. You know, that comparison between yep. Yep. When, when they say, uh, what, what's the line? Uh, there's a man at the gate. He tells the king, there's a man at the gates. And he says, who is it? He says, I don't know. And he says, what does he look like? And he says, he's wrapped in, he's wearing camel hair outfit with a belt around his race. And he goes, oh, Elijah, the prophet. And then when John the Baptist shows up, they they describe John the Baptist as one wearing camel hair yep. and a belt around his waist. And when they ask Jesus, they say, well, Elijah was supposed to come before the Messiah. And he's like, dude, Elijah already showed up and you killed him. And he was John the Baptist. So there's this super there's a great, yeah, very rich. I also like I also like the prophets. And then I'm going to I'll let you. No, no, please. Is I please. like the prophets because. They, they make us uncomfortable because that's what, that's what happened with the prophets in the old Testament. They made the people uncomfortable. Yeah. Jonah, Jonah comes rolling through, you know, and basically says, guys, repent, repent. I mean, John the Baptist did too. Guys repent. And people are like, well, I don't want to get out and they throw them out or they stone them or they kill them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, when you, I think when you see, I mean, in our modern times, when you see a, you know, maybe you hear like a really good homily and maybe it's Pope Francis, maybe it's your parish priest um, or something in between, you know, you hear a, a, a homily that, that kind of stirs you and makes you uncomfortable or challenges you. Like 
prophecy is happening a little bit there. I mean, that, 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 that person is being prophetic to you and you, maybe you don't want to do it. Maybe you don't right. want to take that extra step. You don't want to, you don't want to change your life in such a way, but man, we need it. We well, need it. Well, one, it's always been around. I mean, we've always, even, oh. I mean, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham was a prophet. I mean, it's not right. sort of put in this category, Moses. So not every prophet has a, has a book of the Bible named after them. And it, yeah. Well, who was the, was it Gregory the Great, his writing on pastors? Is that the one we read every year when it talks about like what the role of pastors are? Gregory the Great does they're do that to and like, Augustine too. They're supposed to like stand up on the edge of the city walls and announce the enemy coming. And is is that, was that Gregory the Great? I can't remember. But that's what the prophets do. You know, that's why no one likes them because they tell you like, this thing you are doing is evil and causing destruction, not only to you, it's also causing destruction to your land, your city, your nation. And, and th- that's what the prophets did throughout the Old Testament. And they were, you know, sometimes they were put in locks, head and hands. They were slapped across the face. They were thrown rotten food at them. They were left there to hang. Uh, and so the prophets were even like murdered and killed. I, I, I think it's uh, Jeremiah was taken into exile. Isaiah was sawed in two. Uh, he was, yeah, oh, because he was like I was always told he was that. he was like the Shakespeare of po- poetry uh, when he wrote. I mean, it's beautiful. If you read Isaiah, yeah, it's beautiful. What are you looking at over there? I was looking up a little Gregory the Great. Oh, right. But there's too much here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's Gregory oh, the Great writing on yeah. on being a pastor and what it means because that's what the prophets did they they sound the alarm bells because god was speaking to them they had their eyes um, out there looking and saying what's coming like like daniel um daniel the prophet we had him in the office of readings the last couple of weeks yep. and you know what what's the king's name it was like king nebuchadnezzar it it's not nebuchadnezzar is it nebuchadnezzar that's who isn't that who th- throws them in the uh the fiery it's furnace Nebuch- oh it's nebuchadnezzar's son i think that uh, Daniel says, uh, you know, the the son, the king's son says, anybody who will interpret this writing for me, it's like Neb and Kada or something like that. And Daniel says, you don't have to give me a gold necklace. You don't have to give me really fine garments. I'll tell you what it is. And it means that the Medes and the Persians are going to destroy you. And what does the king do? He celebrates by putting all this stuff on Daniel and clothing him and throwing a huge party. And then it says at the end of the office of readings, and the next day, Darius, the king of the Persians, oh, showed up. Darius, yeah, yeah. And Darius, the king of the Persians, showed up and invaded and killed the king. And it's because the prophets are telling us like, hey, yo, dude, this ain't a time of celebration. This is a time of action. So get ready for blank. And that's what's um, really great about the prophets in the season of Advent. A lot of Isaiah. Isaiah telling us, get ready for the Messiah. Get ready for the second coming. Get ready for the day the Lord will judge. That's where even like Emmanuel, you know, that she will bear a son and you will name him Emmanuel. Like all that prophesied, Mm -hmm. foretold in Isaiah. 
Yeah. 700 years before. Right. Uh, like like the, the light, it says, like the gospel is about Jesus showing up in Galilee. And it's like, why does he show up in Galilee? And it's because the prophets in the Old Testament said that um, it's like, uh, oh my gosh, I don't have the reading before me. I don't have anything before me, um, <laughs> except my car keys. It, it's um, the Tyre and Sidon. It's like the way of the road, the Messiah will arrive and he will scatter the darkness. That's the Old Testament promise. And then what does Jesus do? Uh, land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, Naphtali. land beyond the Jordan. Uh, you who have lived in darkness have seen, seen a, a great, great light. light. And what? Who, who shows up in land of Naphtali, land of Sidon, beyond the Jordan? And how is that lived out when you come to the Easter Vigil this year in April? How does the Easter Vigil start? A fire. In darkness. And into that darkness comes the light, the Easter candle, the light of Christ risen from the dead. And from that one light, the darkness is scattered. So we see it lived out in the liturgical life of the Catholic Church. Ooh, a bud shall blossom. Mm. The line of David. Okay, so maybe oh, a little takeaway. So much good stuff. A little takeaway. Dive into the prophets a little bit. Uh, maybe just Isaiah. Just start. I mean, it's long. Isaiah's got a lot going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, re- start with Isaiah, and then pay attention when you're reading the Gospels. Pay attention to the footnotes. Allow it to kind of draw you back. Take the time to say, "Oh, what is this? What Jesus says this? Where's that from?" Oh, it's from Ezekiel. It's from come, Jeremiah. And go back and then read it, and you'll start to see this beautiful connection between the two. Okay, we got to go, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah! Uh, we hope you have a great day, and uh, we will see you next week. Peace! <laughs>